I think that clutter really comes from that conflict between who we think we should be and who we actually are or who we want to be deep down inside. So it's that kind of like conflict that we create for ourselves manifested physically. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Are you showing up in the world as your authentic self every day? Today, we've invited Michelle Domke, Ohio's first Kamari consultant, to explore authenticity and how we can channel, discover, and work within it during the tidying process. Michelle's currently based in Columbus, and she fell in love with creating a life based on joy and wanted to support others in creating joyful lives. Welcome to Spark Joy, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome to Spark Joy. Hi. Well, we love when we have consultants on because we get to reminisce, right? (laughs) (laughs) We'd love for you to think back to the moment you first found Kanmari and decided to turn your passion for organizing into your profession. Yeah, it was about two years ago, and I was in the process of creating my own professional organizing business. And I was having this moment that all entrepreneurs have of what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Just sort of a crisis moment of, you know, what's my next step? And I actually had the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up on my bookshelf. And I had it on the shelf for two or three years without ever actually opening it. And so I picked it up for inspiration. And so I just took it. I was still working my day job and I took it with me for lunch and I started reading it. And I thought, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to offer people. I want to do something that is much deeper than, you know, just putting things in boxes and putting it on a shelf. I wanted to get at the core of the issue. And so I just Googled to see if there was a a way to learn from Marie. And there was a seminar a month later in Chicago, which was drivable from me. And so I just went for it and continued through the process to become a certified consultant. Well, I really like what you said that you wanted to get to the heart of the matter instead of just the, you know, the, the superficial action of just putting things in boxes because today we are exploring authenticity. So can you tell us a little bit about what authenticity means to you and how it's influenced your work with clients and, you know, your business in general? Yeah. So to me, authenticity means being true to yourself. It means loving yourself and accepting yourself and really just getting to the heart of who you are as a person and kind of going with that. And so that influences my work with my clients because I give them a space and give them permission to be whoever it is that they want to be without judgment and without an opinion, completely neutral and just kind of holding that space for them to allow them to embrace who they are. I think that's so important because a lot of our clients assume that we're going to tell them what to do or tell them what to let go of. But I love that Kamari really gives us permission to keep whatever we want to. And it gives our clients that freedom 
to keep things and our role is merely to guide them through that process. And since you've had an experience with both clutter and finding true authentic self, do you see any correlation between lack of authenticity and clutter? Absolutely. I think that clutter really comes from that conflict between who we think we should be and who we actually are or who we want to be deep down inside. So it's that kind of like conflict that we create for ourselves manifested physically. Well, I think that's really a great kind of way to frame it. I do think that one of the things that we notice a lot in our clients is how they begin to find their true selves and become more authentic as they go through the process. I'm sure for you guys, it's also true. It's like, that's the most rewarding part. It's really, you know, it's great that their homes are tidier, that they feel more you know, comfortable in their environment. But it's really the inner transformation, I think, that is so much more, you know, important and so much more you know, rewarding to witness. So the question that we all know and love, does it spark joy? How would you say that that question helps us define who we really are? what our authentic self really is all about. I mean, I think that question hits exactly at the point of discovering your authentic self or just not even discovering of just choosing it. It's an active choice to choose what you love. But I think the challenge with the question is that there is oftentimes just a lot of noise that we have in our minds in the form of thinking about, again, what we should do or thinking about the judgments and assumptions of what others think, or even like judgments of ourselves. So we kind of think, oh, we should keep this thing because it's good and it's useful or someone give it to me without, you know, really thinking about what it is that we actually truly want for ourselves and our lives and our spaces. And so I think that, you know, those things can kind of block us from being able to get in touch with our actual feelings. Because we have a hard time getting in touch with our actual feelings, it makes it hard to judge if something does spark joy or not. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. I know that while you were talking, I was remembering that I have a client who will ask me if something sparks joy for her because <laughs> she just gets, you know, so confused by mm-hmm. her own, you know, maybe it has a lot to do with that she's really just trying to figure her own self out. But She'll try something on and she'll say, does this spark joy? <laughs> and yeah. what she really wants me to say is, do I like it on her? And the one thing I have to say to her is that I, that is the one question I can't answer for you. Yep. That is something that is such a personal journey. And also that, you know, something that sparks joy for me one day may not spark joy for me the next day. So I certainly can't come up with that parameters or what that criteria is for anyone. I can help them understand how they might feel if something sparks joy and mm-hmm. I can explore that with them. But it's really such a deep process, I think, for a lot of clients to get there. Yeah, I think that we spend too much time thinking logically, I should do this or it makes sense for me to have that. Everyone should have, you know, a potato peeler or whatever, you know. And so it's just allowing yourself to make that that choice based on that feeling and that vision for your life that it's just not a typical way that we have learned to go about things. I know I had that same scenario where my client was asking me questions about style or clothing and things like that. And does it look good on them or 
is this in style, those type of questions. And spoiler alert, that client was my mother. And uh, yeah, still to this day, the hardest tidying client I've probably ever had because mm-hmm. I'm so close to you know her decisions. But it was funny, you know, walking through that and explaining to her that this is so much about identifying what you believe looks good on you or what your style choices are in the moment based on the information you have now and how you feel in the garment, not by society's expectation of what's in style. And I imagine there's others who are struggling with finding that authentic self or redefining their style as they age or go through various life transitions. So I'm wondering, do you have any tips for those who are struggling to be confident in themselves and their own decision making? Yeah, absolutely. Personally, this is something that I've used for the past couple of years when I'm struggling to make a choice. And sometimes it's, you know, about do I want to keep something or discard it? But sometimes it's about, you know, do I want to do this thing or that thing or just any sort of choice. And so it's this little exercise that I actually learned from my friend, Jen DeVoe. And she is this amazing self-love coach. And she actually has a podcast herself called Tune Into You Meditation Podcast. And this exercise is really simple. And it's designed to support you in making all kinds of decisions from, again, like whether or not to keep or discard something or just any other choice that you're looking to make. And it's about, it's easy to do, but it also takes practice because it's training you to look inside yourself and like kind of feel how you're feeling. And again, that's something I think that we, you know, so often skip over, like understanding what our feelings really are. And so basically what you do is you close your eyes and you put your hand on your chest and then you would imagine out a scenario. So in terms of KonMari and and tidying, you would imagine out the scenario of keeping an item. So fully play it out. If I kept this item This is the scenario that would happen. This this is the story that would happen. And then keep your hand on your chest and your eyes closed. And then imagine a second scenario where you discard that item. So what would happen? Play out that scenario in your mind. And then basically you would go with whichever one feels lighter. And so sometimes people are not necessarily like a chest, like heart person. And you're more like a gut person. So you would then do the same exercise, but put your hand instead on your your stomach or your gut area and ask the same thing over again. So personally, I'm more of like a gut person. So that's where I put my hand. But, you know, that's just sort of a way where you can start to listen to like, what is your body telling you? Like, what are those subtle cues that, you know, you, you sort of feel inside? That's super interesting. And while you were talking, I was thinking about how in the series that Tidying Up with Marie Kondo on Netflix, how she did that experiment where she said, well, if you're not really sure what sparks joy, why don't you grab the things in the pile that you know for sure you love Mm -hmm. so that you really start thinking in terms of what can I identify as opposed to, you know, I'm not sure about any of these things. Mm -hmm. So it's really a kind of a similar exercise in the sense that you're really trying to get your clients to explore, you know, trying to take things to a logical conclusion. With my clients, a lot of times I'll talk in terms of like, if you let this go, what do you think will happen? Mm -hmm. Or what would be the worst thing that would happen if you let this go? 
and it's interesting, I think, just to get people talking because, you know, a lot of times they know the answer. They just haven't been able to put it into words. Yeah, absolutely. Or when they say it out loud, they're like, oh, nothing would happen if I don't have this waffle maker. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of times people begin to realize that a lot of their perceived notions about things that they've never said out loud mm-hmm. really sound like, oh, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So I am ready to let go of this thing now. Yep. Or they're able to say, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I really have, I feel really committed to this thing now, you know, and that's a good thing too. Yeah, absolutely. I love kind of like I oftentimes encourage people not to have a maybe pile. So it's like, okay, you can't decide like, cool, let's keep it joyfully. And then sometimes immediately they're like, nope, I can't do it. And then they know, you know, and other times it's like, okay, yeah, like, I, you know, feel good about keeping it joyfully, you know, and then maybe later, you know, they might change their minds and let it go. But, you know, I feel like just accepting, you know, it into your life by choice and not just by default is really important. I always discuss that with my clients as well, like finding the inherent joy in something rather than having to have it categorized to the nth degree so that you can make the decision based on how many other you have of it, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just knowing that that thing regardless is something that you want to keep around in order to kind of diminish or make decision making just a little bit more easier on a day-to-day basis with a little less variety. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how that question, does it spark joy, gets you to that place. And what I love about it is it's a bit logical, but it's also a bit intuitive as well and connected to authenticity. And it's interesting how you said you kind of make decisions based on your gut a bit, but also there's that logical aspect of it as well. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, just personally, I tend to constantly try to outlogic myself. And so that mental game gets in the way with what I from what I actually want. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm overthinking things, that's when I just get quiet and, you know, try to tune into my gut and my chest. And actually, when I'm doing like meditation, so I usually listen to a guided meditation at night. I usually put one hand on my chest and one hand on my gut and just breathe as a way to start, like keep in mind how each of those places are feeling. And it's just a practice for me because I'm so logical and, you know, I, I want to make the best decision about everything, but really oftentimes there really isn't a best decision. It's just, what do you want? And allowing yourself to do the thing that you want because you want to rather than you, you know, because you think you should do whatever. Yeah. And we fear making that mistake, right? Making that wrong decision, but we can only live in the now. That's all that makes sense at the moment, but Mm -hmm. we can't really be fortune tellers. We can't really know what's going to happen someday. (laughs) It's just so much easier to just accept that we just have to make the best decisions for ourselves, whether that be to decide what we eat today or who we surround ourselves with, or what career we have, or what item we keep in our cabinet. So yeah, it's interesting how uh, we work ourselves up a bit. We've all been in that moment when it comes to making that decision, but ultimately, we might make mistakes. That's ultimately what may happen. We might get rid of the toaster and then need it the next day. Mm That totally might happen. But is it the end of the world? Will it happen every day consistently? 
no. And we can only just, you know, operate by making the best decisions we can from a place of an authenticity, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think also, though, you know, and I know that where you are in Ohio, people tend to have larger homes with more storage space. Mm-hmm. But I think also there's this idea that you may love all of these shoes, but how comfortable do you feel? How much joy is sparked by the amount of space that they take up? Mm-hmm. And does that help you make a decision about what you want in your life? You know, do you want to store all of these shoes? And is the cost of that, meaning that you have less room for other things, worth how you feel about them? And for some people, it is. I mean, some people, I think we've all had clients that that are perfectly happy with keeping a lot of things that they may not get a lot of use out of, but they just really love. And I think sometimes those clients change their mind in six months. I recently had a client get rid of a lot of something that he had that I would have never imagined he would be ready to let go of, something that was a true passion for him. But after a little bit of time, he became, I think, much more in touch with who he really was and realized that something, a hobby that he had had for a long time was not really something that he identified with as strongly. So I think there's just always this evolution And I think that being authentic has a lot to do with that. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's also just so connected to your vision for your ideal lifestyle Mm -hmm. and really standing true to that vision. Because oftentimes the vision doesn't actually exist in reality right now, but it's what you're trying to create. And sometimes it does exist. I've definitely had a client where I sat down and said, okay, let's talk about your ideal lifestyle. And she's like, I'm living it and was 100% living her ideal lifestyle and felt good about that. Great. But a lot of times that's not the case. And so it's like, let's be intentional about, you know, who you are and where you want to go and what you want to be and how you want things to feel and make that be based on what you authentically want and not kind of what you think you should have Sure. at this point in your life. I also think the one thing that authenticity and Kamari have in common is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Just getting back to the basics. What are we grateful for? What can we appreciate? I go through an exercise with my clients where they're not allowed to call their possessions stuff, junk, S-H-I-T, or crap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it PG here. But yeah, they're not allowed. Those words are off the table because it's all about finding the joy and not kind of demoting things or just categorizing clutter as this this thing or this stuff, you know, that Mm -hmm. just has no real impact or it's diminished by the way we even speak of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, have you experienced that connection of gratitude and authenticity and use that as well in your practice? Absolutely. I do think it's so important to embrace what we do have now. I think that oftentimes in my experience with clients around like clothing and you might not be the size that you want to be, but how can you be grateful for the body that you have, the clothes that fit it and you feel and look best in and shifting your, you know, mindset around, you know, this vision of what you want that to be and and embracing that feeling now. And then for vision, it's like, okay, well, if you want to get to a certain place, like that can be something that you include in your vision. And I also see that a lot with just, 
expressing gratitude in letting things go as well in them having lived their life with the client and serving a purpose or serving a lesson typically around things that maybe were purchased that were expensive, but never really used. And so just kind of being grateful for the opportunity to have that thing, but, you know, also being grateful to let it go. Well, one of the things that we're very grateful for is having organizers, especially KonMari organizers on the show, because we get to ask one of our favorite questions. What is your favorite tidying tip? Oh my gosh. Well, this changes, but I think right now my mantra has really been organized last. Do not go to the store and buy anything to organize your home until you've completed discarding. Like really withhold the urge to go buy little organizers, big organizers, and really just focus in on that making choices for what you want to keep and what you want to let go. Great tip. And what's sparking the most joy for you these days, Michelle? Mm, The thing that's sparking the most joy for me right now is my clients. I've had several recently that have just been amazing. And I absolutely am filled with so much joy when I get texts from them to see how they're doing. And, you know, or after the session, like a follow up where, you know, they tell me how they're feeling. And it's just amazing to know that I've had an impact in people's lives. And I'm so grateful for that. Truly a great joy sparkers. So do you have any final words of wisdom for us? Yeah, so I would say my final words of wisdom are that choosing a life of joy is really a radical idea. And it's also one that's worth pursuing, in my opinion. And so live your joyful life, whatever that looks like for you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. It was so fun to be on here with you guys today. Thanks, Michelle. We loved having you on the show. Exclusively for SparkJoy listeners, Michelle is offering $25 off a virtual Kamari session or $50 off when you book an in-person package of three or more sessions for SparkJoy listeners. Make sure to mention that you heard Michelle on SparkJoy podcast. You can find Michelle online at michelledomkey.com. She's on Instagram and Facebook at Michelle Donkey Organizer. And please note that it is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-L-D-O-M-K-E. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community. Or you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone 
and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.